0: Bucking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Abdallah has the night off. If you want to join me tonight, you can call me at 312-332-3776. We're going to talk a lot of football tonight because I saw this earlier today. Did you see the news that the Raiders have released quarterback Derek Carr before his contract deadline hit today? That's right. Before his uh, deadline where he would be owed $40 million, the Raiders have released the quarterback... Derek Carr, he's been one of uh, pretty good quarterbacks in the AFC for the last few years. He's not elite, but he's been very good, very serviceable. Uh, Per sources say, this from ESPN.com, that only one team was interested in Carr when he was allowed to go find a trade partner. Uh, That team wanted him to take a pay cut. Carr didn't waive his no-trade clause. Uh, Derek Carr turns 32 on March 28th. He also visited with the New Orleans Saints last week. So, you know, this is going to set off the quarterback carousel as we were just talking with uh, Waddle and Jeff Miller about because this is the first quarterback on the market that we're going to look at that actually has credentials that could help a team, right? You know, there, there's a lot of questions for quarterbacks who are out there. For teams that need quarterbacks, you know, the names like Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, there are pie in the sky hopes for Aaron Rodgers forcing his way out of Green Bay. And then, you know, there, there was the joke that maybe Tom Brady would unretire from retiring for the second time and maybe jump into a situation. But really, when you look at it, if you want experience and the idea isn't we're drafting a quarterback at the top of the draft, Derek Hart is the best option. Is he my favorite option? No, he's not. But he's durable, and he's going to be the best option available for a team that thinks that they're close and they just need a starting quarterback. The article on ESPN.com also lists that Derek Carr, not only has he been durable through his NFL career, he has 142 starts since 2014, which is tied with Tom Brady for the most games played by a quarterback quarterback. In that span, Derek Carr, 142 games, Tom Brady, 142 games. Russell Wilson's played 141, and Matt Ryan's played 140. So, durability is certainly there. In the right spot, he has had success. I think he's a middle tier quarterback. In his best seasons, he's inching towards top 10 level. Inching, not, he's not top 10. And in his worst seasons, he's below 20. So he is like your, your perfect version of the average quarterback in the NFL. In fact, if you close your eyes and you think about the way he plays, and I swap in Kirk Cousins, same quarterback. Same exact quarterback. At his best, he's creeping towards top 10. At his worst, he's usually low 20s. And the teams that they play on don't win big. Yeah, they win. They, they, they'll get you a divisional title once or twice. And they'll, they'll have a team that gets to the playoffs. But when Derek Carr your quarterback or Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you're not winning Super Bowls. But that also forces us to then look towards the NFL draft because Derek Carr's out there. So a team that's going to need a quarterback can possibly go after him, slot him in, and you'll have a guy who's serviceable. He's not going to be the worst in the league, but he can maybe help you try and make the playoffs. If I look at the top of the draft board, here are the teams that I think when you look at the NFL draft, and free agency is going to happen uh, March 1st, well before the NFL draft. So we'll know the teams that need to solidify the position because I would imagine one of these teams I mentioned in the draft won't need a quarterback because they go out and they sign Derek Carr in this offseason. So, obviously, it's Houston. Houston, they need a quarterback. They're at the second pick. Indianapolis at four. They need a quarterback. Las Vegas now, they don't have a quarterback. They'll need a quarterback at seven. Nine, you have Carolina. They need a quarterback. They have no one on the roster right now to be the guy for the future. Houston comes around again, a second opportunity at 12. They have the Browns pick at 12. And that's what's interesting about Houston is – theoretically, and I know none of the talk has really pointed this out yet, but theoretically, Houston could take best player available at 2 and then land a quarterback at 12. I mean, they could go after an Anthony Richardson from Florida. Uh, Maybe a Hendon Hooker later on in the draft. Who knows? Maybe C.J. Stroud or Will Levis somehow fall past 10, and Houston might have an opportunity there. The next team up in the draft that will need a quarterback will be Washington. They pick at 16 Tampa Bay. They pick at 19. They need a quarterback. And then the team that's obvious that needs a quarterback. They don't have a first round pick. The new Orleans saints, a team that the article on ESPN.com reference that Carr met with last week, the saints first draft selection will be 41st in this year's draft. So if the saints want to go get and fix their quarterback position, to me, it seems like they have to do it in free agency. Waiting till 41, they won't have a crack at even the second, third-tier quarterback because I think before 41, we'll see three or four quarterbacks already off the board. So you have Houston, Indy, Vegas, Carolina, Washington, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. I'm sure there's some other teams that you can point out to and say, yeah, their quarterback situation's on rocky footing. Uh, They may need someone uh, in the future. They might need an upgrade. You know, a team like the New York Jets at 13. The Jets are a team that's ready for the playoffs, except the most important position on the field they can't figure out. So the Jets at 13 might be a team to go after a quarterback like Derek Carr. And I know that some of the conversation is suggesting that, hey, if Aaron Rodgers actually wants to leave Green Bay, the perfect situation would be to follow what Brett Favre did and go to the New York Jets. So those are the teams that I think when we look at it are going to be in the running for a quarterback as we head into the offseason. March 1st is free agency. Derek Carr will uh, have a landing spot and then we'll turn our attention towards the NFL draft where the Bears have the number one pick. And they hold all of the cards because if they're able to, to have teams believe that it's possible that Justin Fields may not be the guy and that they may take a quarterback at one, You can force these teams to give up the world to try and move up to one. Even a team like Houston, we know we've talked about Indianapolis, their need at quarterback. And then we get to later on in the top 10, Vegas and Carolina, they both need quarterbacks. Following it up with 12 and 13, Houston and the New York Jets, both needing a quarterback. So that's where I I see the news from Derek Carr. And I I think that this is something where Bears fans should keep your eyes on because, yes, we are not interested in the random average quarterbacks. Finally, like finally, we're not in the, the spot in life where we have to worry about what these average has been quarterbacks, where they'll end up, because we have our guy, Justin Fields. And now it's up to Ryan Poles to assemble a roster around him. So hopefully we can see in a year from now, two years from now, Justin Fields on the biggest stage of them all, putting up a game like Jalen Hurts put up in the Super Bowl. Because that's basically, to me, what I see in Fields. I see potential to do what Jalen Hurts has done. And I see potential where the Bears really don't have uh, an end date. There, There is no... Justin Fields is only going to be as good as X. It, it, it really is up to him to figure it out and, and to allow the offense when Polls puts pieces around him to see what he can accomplish. And I'm really excited as a Bears fan to see what that's all about. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Bob and Lagrange, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bob?
1: Uh, thanks for taking my call. It was a conversation about whether Fields ran the ball too much. Jalen Hurts. Ran three touchdowns. Also, Mahomes scrambled for the game-winning yardage. It was a bad leg. He was hurt, but he did run. So all this nonsense about running and getting hurt, that's how they prosper. They're they running quarterbacks.
0: Bob, whose so who, no who's conversation no was this? That. Bob, whose conversation was
1: this? I've been hearing it the last two or three months last year and everything else about Fields going to get uh, hurt because he's running. Last year, gotcha. No, no. I mean, no, this year, the the regular season. Okay. He is Fields running too much. much. You, you said what? He is running too much. Okay, so when Jalen Hurts runs and he runs up the middle for the quarterback sneak, are they worried about getting their quarterback hurt? He oh, runs that's different. outside. That's different. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Fourth, okay. fourth and one pushing the quarterback forward. I'm not worried about Justin Fields getting hurt in that situation. 100%. But, don't – not worried about
1: that. But, so, I'm telling you, is that yes. Jalen Hurts scrambles all the time. Yes, he, he does. He's got regular run – the, the the, the diagram running plays. Mm-hmm. So that's what they put in because he has legs. He's fast, and he's very good athlete. But he's also a quarterback. So, you can be a runner and be a, a, a passer also. And, by the way, Fields have one of the top six arms in the NFL.
0: Who, who's the For other five? That, who are
1: your five? Well, well now, a Strong Arm. I would say his arm is stronger than Rogers' arm and stronger than Brady's arm. I'm going to start with those two.
0: Yeah, but who, you said he's six. So who are the five that get you to six?
1: Okay, well, I, uh, I should say he's both stronger armed than Brady and Rogers. Okay. All right,
0: all right those now, two.
1: The next guy I know, uh, Herbert, has a good arm. Herbert, okay. Guy. Right. yeah the guy from San Diego got it done I yep. guess Josh, I guess Josh Allen has Josh Allen has a decent arm Josh Allen okay there's four yeah uh and then uh you want to put in the kid from uh tech te- the Texans Texans kid yeah not the, the starter the regular starter you you got what's he, his he's name away, he's right? got a name right there's yeah a, the guy' there's a that, name they, yeah, the, the guy that took him to all the playoff games. Sure. But I guess they got rid of him this year. Okay. Yeah. The, the Texans kid. kid. No, no, the, the, the Nashville. I'm sorry, Nashville. Not I'm not t- Nashville. The t- Titans. I'm Titans. sorry. Titans. Okay, the, the Titans. Yeah. yeah Who was oh. the quarterback for the Titans the last two or three years? Steve McNair. No, Steve McNair. We, long, he passed away, man, years <laughs> ago. Stop, I know he did. Stop. I mean, I know he's from Alcorn Are you, are you King, suggesting Ryan want- Tannehill? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I saw Steven in there play. I saw Doug Williams play. So yeah. I'm very aware of the quarterbacks come from HBCU. Right, so right. So you can't get me on that one. Can't get you on that one. You're right. McNair went to the Super Bowl also. Yes, he, he did. lost by a yard.
0: Yeah. Great game. Yeah. Great Super Bowl there. Yeah.
1: But he scrambled also. Right. So what, so what if I told you
0: this, Bob, that this season Justin Fields ran the football uh, 160 times and Jalen Hurts ran it 165 times?
1: Well, I don't know if that's a catch question or what. He run wherever it's necessary.
0: Yeah, I'm, okay. just, I'm just pointing when, out that they've basically ran the same amount of times except Justin Fields had way more yardage this season. Hurts had 760 faster. yards. Justin Fields ran for 1,100 yards.
1: He's a faster athlete. Yes, he is. Very fast. By far. He's the fastest athlete in the NFL at the quarterback spot. Period. Period. So you, you name the other guy that you know faster than Justin Fields. At the quarterback spot? At the quarterback spot. Name name me name me three or four. Oh, Now I have to name you three or four
0: faster guys. Uh, well, Lamar yeah, Jackson's yeah. pretty
1: fast. Okay. I think Fields, I'll run him. Okay, who else?
0: You don't like Patrick Mahomes? He's not fast?
1: He can't. Oh no, he never run. No, he can't run there. Okay, field. all right. Run away from him. I mean, he's scrambling. He's, all right. he's not fast like that. Are, are we Are we clear?
0: What about uh, uh Josh Allen? You gave me uh, Josh no, Allen no, for arm oh, arm oh, talent. No, what about his legs?
1: No, no, not even close. Okay. He he runs the ball, and, and by the way, they never say he may get hurt. They say he does good when he runs. He, they never say he's going to get hurt.
0: Yeah, I I would be worried. I think, I think the, the best amount of time for a uh, quarterback to run in a game is like six to eight carries. Anything more okay. than that, you're, you're uh, attempting fate.
1: Now, the, here's the catch now. Mm. The other teams have great defenses. They get the ball back for them. They have great kickers, and they have phenomenal receivers. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, awesome. And the kid... The guys that Mahomes has, all those guys are good athletes. They catch the ball. Sure. Juju Schuster, whomever. They yes. he have receiver. Smith Schuster. So so we yeah. but then our best receiver is Donnell Mooney. hmm Got hurt the last season. He's still the leading receiver, am I right? Out out four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what'd that tell you? Uh, and I'm gonna give you one more. Okay, one Devantis, more. Then we gotta Devantis, go, okay? All right. I appreciate you letting yeah, me talk. No problem. Devontae, Devontae Smith and Donnell Mooney is the same size. Okay. Mooney is, Mooney is 172. Devontae Smith is 170. Devontae Smith may be a little taller, six feet to 5'11 or whatever. No difference. Well, what's so the difference? Mooney, what's the
0: difference there? I see a difference.
1: They both are small smallest receivers. Oh, one, one, one won Isn't a it?
0: Heisman Trophy. Uh, that's the difference.
1: Well, Mooney went to Tulane. I mean, He didn't have no – that was a kid went to Alabama. Okay, and he won Matter the Heisman fact, Trophy. Yeah, at Alabama. And the reason he got to Alabama, Lou Saban worked at LSU. Devontae Smith from a Louisiana. And so Lou Sabin still had his connection with the coaches, and he was 28 miles from LSU. Lou Saban came and got it.
0: So you're saying he's a just lot- a product of uh, being uh, a player at Alabama?
1: Well, I think he played with Tua and uh, the, the Jalen Hurst, I think. I think that makes a difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. Would you, would you? Jalen Waddle okay. was there, too.
1: Yes, yes. So, Mooney went to Tulane, 153rd pick in the fifth round. But he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Now, everybody talk about the from scram- a ball or whatever against Washington, D.C., Washington, Washington Commanders. How do you got one fumble, and you come out, he dropped the ball. That's that was a nine. That was a hard catch to make. Oh, he dropped the ball against Washington. He's in the end zone. Finally came down with it. They say no good out of bounds. There yeah, you so go. Fall in. Ca- fall in bounds. Yeah. Right, but that's the only, the only thing you can say about him. He no not normally drop the ball. Moon is very sure in. All right. All right, Bob.
0: We, we got to go, okay?
1: All right. All right. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Bob and LaGrange. Uh, there he, oh, sorry. Were you not done, Bob? Nope. Okay, he's done. All right.
2: It's going to be a good one. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago.
0: I don't know how you feel, but when the Super Bowl ended, I enjoy watching all of the post-game coverage. I bounce from network to network, ESPN, NFL Network, I think Fox Sports 1 actually had a post-game show as well. I like uh, the coverage. I don't know. I, it, it's like a, I, I see it's the end of the football season, but I just, want, I just want some more until it's over. So I'm watching all of these shows, and I thought to myself, and I want to know if you, you heard the same thing I heard. I heard multiple times in the post-game coverage of the Super Bowl, Chiefs win the Super Bowl 38-35, Kansas City now wins two, uh, they also, with Patrick Mahomes, he now has two MVPs, league MVPs. He also has two Super Bowl MVPs, he and Andy Reid. Great combination, right? And, and it seems as if there's going to be many years in the future for these two to try and win more. I heard Aaron Andrews on the field ask Patrick Mahomes if they're a dynasty yet. And then Chris Rose, later on the NFL Network, When Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid joined their desk at the coverage uh, for, for the Super Bowl on the field, Chris Rose, like his second question to Patrick Mahomes, nothing about the game. The question was, are you guys considered a dynasty now? I thought to myself, as I heard that, like, are we really that bored that we have to jump right into the dynasty conversation? I started to think to myself, I have three rules to what qualifies a team as a dynasty. Here are my three rules. I want to get your opinion on this on whether or not I'm crazy on this. Just because uh, a team wins two Super Bowls does not make it a dynasty. Now, 10 years from now, if Kansas City goes on to win three or four more and Mahomes is the MVP each and every season, I will gladly look back On history and say that right there that was a dynasty but right fresh off the field when they've won their second that that's the question that aaron andrews is asking that's the question that chris rose is asking like i heard this on sunday night and i thought to myself jeez is that really all we have to offer here are my three rules to what makes a dynasty in sports okay first rule you have to win back-to-back championships. If you don't defend your title, if you don't win back-to-back t- uh, championships, you do not qualify as a dynasty. I get it. We'll, we'll get into uh, asterisks as well. I, I hear you Spurs fans getting very upset at this moment. But rule number one is you have to win back-to-back. There's something about defending your title and shutting out every other team in the league and getting two in a row. Rule number two, you have to win more than two, right? So you have to get a back to back championship, but also you can't stop at just two. The perfect example is if you go to the late 90s, the Denver Broncos won two titles back to back. That's great. Congratulations, John Elway. What a great career to top it off! You beat the Packers in 98, you beat the Falcons in 99. Congratulations, you've won two Super Bowls in a row. And that's it. It's done. You are not a dynasty. You got back-to-back titles. I could give the same example to the Detroit Pistons of the early 90s, right? You get two championships, and then the Bulls start up their run. Congratulations, Pistons. You are not a dynasty. You got back-to-back. It's very nice. Not a dynasty. So rule number one, you have to win back-to-back. Rule number two, you got to win at least three. You got to win more than the two. And here's my third rule. I think this is an easy one. This is a very easy rule to understand. Rule number three there's only one dynasty at a time per sport. Okay? So if you're going back and forth and trying to figure out, well, it, maybe it's this team, or maybe it's that team, or here, oh, what about over here? There's a, there's a, uh, here's a championship, and then six years here, the, uh, six years later, you get another championship, and uh, maybe are they a dynasty? No, 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 one at a time. That's it. Those are the three rules: win back to back. You got to win three, and only one dynasty at a time. And so if you look at N- NFL history. I count four dynasties throughout the years in NFL history. Most recently, the New England Patriots. They won back-to-back titles in 03 and 04, and they go on to win six. Same quarterback, same coach. Some of the players change from the start of the dynasty and the end run with Brady and Belichick, but the Patriots absolutely are a dynasty. Then we go back in time, and we get to the early 90s, and that's where we find the Dallas Cowboys. They won back-to-back in 92 and 93, and they come back for some more in 95. That right there, Aikman, Irving, Emmitt Smith, that's a dynasty. The San Francisco 49ers of the 80s, they won championships in 81, 84, and then they went back-to-back, 88 and 89. Now, if they didn't get that 89 In there, I would argue that that's not really a dynasty, but they get 89 to go back to back, thus meeting the criteria for the three rules I laid out. And if you go back in Super Bowl history, there's only one other team that's accomplished the dynasty level of runs, in my opinion, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 70s. They went back to back in 74 and 75, then they come back for another back to back title in 78 and 79. To me, that's it. There are four in NFL history. The Patriots, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Steelers. And so maybe one day we'll look back at Kansas City and say, that's a dynasty. But getting two in four years separated by two other champions, the Buccaneers and the Rams, does not equate to a dynasty. Now, if the, the Chiefs come back next season and they win back-to-back, then yes. Then I would say now we're moving them into the dynasty category. But you got to get back-to-back. What do you think about that? What are your rules for a dynasty? You can join me. Chris Black here with you. You can join me by calling 312-332-3776. I gave you three rules. you got to win back-to-back. you got to win three. And there's only one dynasty at a time. I'll take your calls next.
2: You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000.
0: Watching Super Bowl coverage on Sunday night, I heard multiple times by reporters and TV personalities ask Patrick Mahomes if he and Andy Reid in and the Chiefs, after winning two Super Bowls, if they're a dynasty. I thought to myself, that's not the case. You got to do a little bit more. I have three rules to make a dynasty. Number one, you have to win back to back. You got to win more than those two, though. So you got to get three. That's my second rule. And my third rule is that there's only one dynasty at a time per league. So if during your run, there's someone else that puts together a dynastic run, then you are not a dynasty. There's only one king at the top of the mountain Mountain at a time. That's it. That's how it works. Not everyone can be a dynastic team. Not everyone gets into the Hall of Fame. At some point, there needs to be a cutoff. we we'll go to Matt in Frankfurt. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Matt? What do you think? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. I What's the up? Show? Thank you.
3: Nothing. I just want to make a point about um, how you said uh, it can't be a dynasty if it's back-to-back. Um, I think in some cases I disagree. Um, what if the team wins three
1: and five years, you know, and they're just splitting between? Don't you think that counts as a dynasty? I would think it does.
0: Well, I, I think your example would be the San Antonio Spurs from 2003 to 2007. The Spurs win three titles, but they're split up between the Pistons and the Heat. And so we thank you for your call, Matt. I, I think that there could be an argument made for the Spurs. But to me, I think when we look at that era of basketball, most people would give the credit for a dynastic run to the team that was right before the Spurs. And that would be the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. They went three in a row. Now, I get that those two runs uh, happen back-to-back between those two different franchises, and I know that uh, Popovich and Duncan go on to win, and, and Mano, they they go on to win another one later. But I, I think when you look at it, the fact that you don't defend the title, that, that bothers me. I, I feel like that plays into a part of what we're talking about here. Paul in Elmwood Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What do you think?
4: So um, I think, uh, kind of just like what the last caller said, but uh, my uh, stipulation has always been three titles in four years. Okay. Will make you a dynasty. But um, I actually called because I wanted to kind of branch off what the first caller said in your response to it when you said that Justin Fields runs too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely agree. But I, I think what a lot of fans miss here is that he runs too much, but it, it's for the right reason. So uh, it, the thing about Fields is he's just – faster than everybody else and processes and processes information pretty quickly so um, I don't think he's necessarily a running quarterback but it's just part of his skill set that he uses as an advantage I, I, There's an example in the Bills game where he uh, he takes the ball and kind of runs out towards the sideline and it was a Bills uh, linebacker, has a chance to make a play on him, and he kind of he kind of is bouncing back and forth on his feet. Bounces right, bounces left, bounces right, bounces left because he's not sure which way Fields is going to cut, and he just slips and falls. Sure. Meanwhile, Fields was just running straight at him the whole time. So it's all mental because these guys know that. He can cut on a dime, and he's faster than them. But um, but what I think this really, truly boils down to is trust in your wide receivers. Early on, like in the San Francisco game, you saw him avoid the rush, get out. There's nothing but open field in front of him, but what does he do? puts his eyes upfield, and hits Dante Pettis. So he wants to throw even when he gets out at the edge. However, you know, Dante Pettis and St. Brown average just over one catch a game. I think they're both at it like 18 catches, 20 catches, something like that. I, I think I might have checked it a game or two short when the season ended. But, sure. um, but they're not much. So what happens is after a while, if you peg these guys in the hands and they drop it, you don't trust them. So when you get, like at, at some point, you know fields fields is a dog he's an athlete he wants to win so at some point like you just you figure this is the best option for us to convert this third down or convert this fourth down is that i just need to do it all on my own because even if i hit the guy while he's open he, he dropped it before why wouldn't he drop it again so yeah i just wanted to call and agree with you he definitely runs too much but and what i think we need to do is i think instead of leaning on it as a like a desperation act, we need to turn Justin Fields' running ability into a weapon. Right, And I think once that happens, we'll see a lot of success from this Bears offense.
0: Good call, Paul. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. We go to Mac in Chicago. Mac, your thoughts. What do you think?
5: Hey, it's Chef Max. No, not Mac. Oh, Max. What's up, man? What's What's going on? What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm good. I think you had a really good point. I actually was listening this morning. They were talking about it, and I had not considered winning two in a row. But I do think, right, that it's broken up. Sports is broken into conferences for a reason. Sure. So I'm going to push back a little bit on there can only be one great. The Blackhawks I won't even touch because I'm, I'm sure someone else will. But the example I'll give is the Boston Celtics of the 80s. If you're there and I'm driving so I don't have it in front of me, I think six championship uh, games in, in a decade, yeah. if you win three of them, you know, if you if you're in all those games, I mean, they clearly dominated that era. It's not like you're going to the conference finals every year. If you're making it to the NBA finals, you're winning multiple. You're an all-time great team. You're a dominant team. I think the Boston Celtics of the '80s have to be considered a dynasty, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think, um, and Max, you make a good point because especially during that run, it was basically two teams: it was L.A. and Boston. That we're both getting to the conference finals and then both getting to the finals in multiple years throughout the entire decade of the the 80s. So, like, I I see your point. I just feel like the the qualities it takes to defend a title and to go back to back is so straining on a team that it makes it even more difficult than, say, as you brought up to start the blackhawks went three and six at no point did they go back to back and i know people are going to uh suggest that that's a dynasty unfortunately i I don't know if that's the case i i think you have to defend your title
5: i guess i guess in this case my only question would be do people when they talk about the 80s in basketball only talk about the lakers and the answer would be no they talk about the lakers and the celtics so the actual dynasty here might be the Lakers versus the Celtics. That rivalry sure. might be more of a dynasty than any individual accomplishment because you clearly couldn't talk about the 80s and only mention the Lakers. It wouldn't be someone with you know knowledge of that era, right?
0: And no doubt, uh, Max, because it's not only that, but it's also if you're talking about the history of a sport, you, you can talk about great teams without them being... A dynasty as well
5: but i think this transcends See? greatness in this case i agree yeah, yeah it might it might spurs, be you, you, you might got the you bills. might have me
0: on this one that that you might could talk be about a case the bills. you could talk about the spurs you could
5: talk about the hawks you could talk about you know some of these other teams but i think yeah anyway good talking to you buddy have a great night
0: yeah good to talk to you max appreciate it we all go to gabe right. in chicago gabe you're on espn 1000 gabe what do you think
3: Hi, good evening. I really, really love you guys, Uh, by the way. I stopped listening to music just because of you guys. Oh, thank you. um, As far as the two in a row, I I actually like that argument, but I also believe that when you do win two in a row, it just helps strengthen the argument that I am a dynasty and maybe compare me to the last, the previous dynasty or the the next dynasty. I don't think that that's a necessity. If anything, that third... Where that part of the three rules can be replaced with players that that kind of represented that dynasty. We have Tom Brady for the Patriots. We have Buster Posey for the New or the San Francisco Giants, even though they didn't win back to back, but they went sure. championship, no championship, championship, no championship. Uh, the Bulls always had Pippen and Michael, uh, Michael and Pippen. Let me rephrase. <laughs> uh, Matt And the list can go on and on as far as great teams that won multiple championships, three or more, because I really love that number. But I think it's the players that help represent that dynasty that makes such an impact. The back-to-back is just what helps us compare one dynasty to the next and who had the the better run.
0: Gabe, did you notice that on, on Sunday night that Patrick Mahomes was being asked, are you guys a dynasty? And did you think that that was a little quick, a little early for this?
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Every time he... I feel like he kind of... He's taken over from Brady, in my opinion. That's the only reason I bet for the Chiefs. I want a lot of money, thanks to that guy. But my (laughs) my belief was he's the next one to help the NFL thrive moving forward. And this could be the beginning of a dynasty. I could be wrong, but so far he's been proving me right, but that is premature. Two, it wasn't even back-to-back. It wasn't even championship, no championship, championship right after that. It was a couple of years in between, so he has to come back and at least go back to the Super Bowl and don't lose to Joe Burrow in the (laughs) AFC championship game.
0: Thank you, Gabe. Appreciate the phone call. Thank you. We go to Mike in Tinley Park. Mike, what do you think?
6: How are you doing? I'm going to tip you off with my age here a little bit, but uh, the Packers of the 60s were a true dynasty.
0: Okay, the Packers of the 60s, sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. I kind of, of to, to be fair, I stopped my research in the NFL uh at the at the, football, at the first right? Super Bowl. So I didn't go yeah. beyond that. So yeah, you can make the argument that the Packers entering the Super Bowl era, that was a dynasty because they go back to back sixty seven, sixty eight. Uh but that's where I, I stopped my research, boom, right there at uh, <laughs> at Super Bowl one. I. So I, I get it. Well when you're as old as I am you go way, way, way. <laughs> Tell tell me about that team. Why were they uh, so dynastic?
6: Well, you had Lombardi coaching them. You had Horning and Taylor. You had Bart Starr quarterback, and I mean, just you, know, you had so many Hall of Famers playing at one time, and just like I say, so well coached. God, it was. Uh, I was. I was a bear.
0: Mike. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot. We go to Frank in Canaryville. Frank, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, what's going on, Black? Not much, man. What do you think?
4: Um, well, I was going with that dynasty of uh, how the Spurs from 99 to 14 with yeah. Tim Duncan, they want five. I mean, you can't say that's not a dynasty. because They were always in it when they were all healthy.
0: Well, what, what if I gave you this? What if I gave the Spurs the flowers of Tim Duncan being a top seven player in NBA history. Is oh, that, is that possible or, or do they have to qualify as a dynasty? Cause to, to my rules, to my rules, I don't think they necessarily qualify. They were great for a long period of time. And Tim Duncan's one of the all-time greatest players in, in NBA history. And Greg Popovich is arguably the greatest coach in NBA history. Um, but I, I don't know if that's quite a dynasty.
4: Uh, I could give you another one. Uh, the Hawks from 09 to 15 they won three yep I mean that little little dynasty in there and then we see all what happened after that one our main guy got uh, a skid rash from a bad uh, laundry surgeon we went downhill
0: uh, <laughs> yeah the the Blackhawks in their situation and thank you for the call Frank appreciate you like that that's where I think locally I'll get the most pushback right because they win their first championship in 10 2010. Then the Bruins and the Kings win championships in 11 and 12. The Blackhawks come back in 13 with a championship. The Kings get a championship in 14. And the Blackhawks finish it off with 15. I, maybe if we're looking at conferences, certainly they, they had a dynasty in the conference. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it, I have three rules and I think I like my three rules. I think you got to go back to back. That's number one you got to get more than than just the two. The Hawks did that, right? They have the three. And then there's only one at a time. At, at that moment in the NHL, the Blackhawks and the Kings were basically the two best teams. So you could argue that, yeah, it, it's not like there was someone else who had a dynastic run while the Hawks were doing it. So I, I think it's open for debate. Take your calls at 312-332-3776. <laughs>
2: black and abdallah espn chicago chicago's home for sports follow chicago's home for sports on twitch at espn 1000 chicago you're listening to black and abdallah on espn chicago chicago's home for sports
0: calls at 312-332-3776 are the kansas city chiefs a dynasty i thought that that was ridiculous when i heard reporters and tv personalities asking that question of patrick mahomes on sunday night so we'll talk some football with you here on espn 1000 black and abdallah abdallah has the night off each night around 650 we play for you the song of the night Ah!
3: Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for What
2: dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an. Ex- ah, never
0: mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdullah's Song
2: of the Night. Yo, Larry.
0: Tonight's song, we go to Matchbox 20, 3 a.m. Yep. Until the doll's off. It's your Song of the Night from 1996.
2: Side and she hands me a coat She's always worried about things like that. She said it's all gonna end, and it might as well be my fault. And she only sleeps when it's raining, and she screams. And voice She says, 3 must
0: be lonely. So this is the point of the program where Abdallah usually asks me, why is Matchbox 20's 3 a.m. the song of the night? Well, today is Rob Thomas's birthday. That's right. February 14th, 1972. Turns 51 today. Rob Thomas, the lead singer for Matchbox 20. I also saw this earlier today, and I thought to myself, there is a 50-50 proposition on whether or not Tyler Aki knows this song and or has heard of this song before. Tyler, do you, are you aware of the band Matchbox 20? Oh, yes, I'm aware oh, of Matchbox 20. You are? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a good thing? I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I, I do think it, it is funny, though, the Twitch chat. Uh, you can watch the show tonight on Twitch, ESPN 1000 Chicago. I see the comment, this is so black. This is obviously a black pick. Yeah, I don't think I can get away with this if the, if Abdallah was here. You know, yes, this is a black pick because this has a lot of, like, John Mayer vibes to it, and I know you're a John Mayer guy. It's <laughs> true. Well, I, I feel like uh, in the mid-'90s, there was definitely a vibe of the soft rockers where... They're they're technically a rock band, but it was, like, a little bit slower. Had a little bit more emotion. And it was like, we're not quite Oasis, but we'll give you an American version of what we think Oasis would be. And that's where we get Matchbox 20. They had some good hits. Uh, This song, 3AM. What was their one really big one? Push. Push was really big. That was also on the album... Yourself or Someone Like You. That was a big album at the time. It was released in 97. 96, 97 for the album. And then obviously Rob Thomas was featured on Smooth by Santana, which that is a humongous hit. You can't talk about the 90s without that. All right, so there you go. Matchbox 23 a.m. Enjoy it. Happy Valentine's Day. I don't know why. There's no association there. I could have done a love song, but I decide not to. It's your song of the night. <laughs>
3: Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because time. it's time for... What
2: dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ex- ah, never mind. mind.
5: Crank the volume because it's time for Black
0: and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. And Rob Thomas was featured in an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. So there. There you go. There's a connection to the show. Black and Abdallah will be back in two minutes.
2: You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports.